0: Big pork chop, our court Terry Houston, the Burke
1: County boys, and this is live from the uh, Army. Give it a listen. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in.
2: Welcome. Live from the Armory Wrestling Show, the premier podcast of indie wrestling.
3: We're going to just change the name of the show to the Campbell Comley Show.
2: Our studio line is area code 1605 With your host, Bunkhouse Bob.
3: I don't sign autographs. I'm not, and I, and I very, very rarely <laughs> take pictures with people. But if people insist oh. and they're nice, then then I'll do that. So
2: and the lovely Laura.
4: I am a true and total lady. I would never touch anybody.
3: Gentlemen, I hope you are doing well on this fabulous Wednesday night. You are listening to Live from the Armory Wrestling Radio Show. My name is Bunkhouse Bob. I am your co host for this show. Usually joining me during the show is the lovely Laura, but due to unforeseen circumstances, Laura cannot be with us this evening. So I do have a guest co host who will be joining me here in just a few moments, and you guys are probably familiar with him. But we'll bring him on in just a moment. Folks, we've got a really good show for you tonight. Tonight we have Lance Erickson on the program. A lot of you are familiar with him from uh, NWA Wrestling. We also have Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment uh, performer Adrian Armour will be joining us here in just a few moments. The name of the show is Carry On My Wayward Son because even though is not here, I have to carry on, and there's no rest for the wicked. Folks, we'd like to thank you for tuning in wherever you may be at and however you may be tuning in, whether you're listening to us on Blog Talk Radio or whether you're listening to us on iTunes. If you go to iTunes and you type in Armory in the search bar and uh, click the podcast section, and there will be a couple things that pop up, and then uh, we're right there so you can listen to us from iTunes. Uh, For our guests that are overseas, that want to listen to our stream you can listen to that stream at www.fnxnetwork.com we truly appreciate all the support that fnx has given us uh, over the past few weeks we've had more downloads and more hits on the website than some pop-up fly-by-night company that claims to have naked pictures of velvet sky or Molina out on the internet uh, if you want to follow us on twitter You can do so. Our Twitter address is at FromTheArmory. And I had to actually write this down so I could remember it. I remember a lot of things, but for whatever reason, the Facebook page always befuddles me. Our Facebook page information is facebook.com backslash live.armory.9. And last but not least, we would uh, certainly encourage everyone to go and support our partner, Strong Style Life Clothing. They did a uh, huge launch of some new shirts, some really cool shirts, too. Uh, You can check them out at www.sslclothing.com. Without further ado, I would like to bring in our guest co-host. Some of you uh, may be familiar with him from him calling into the show. He is the host of the Heel Heat Show, and I'm going to bring on right now my good friend George Coles. George, how are you tonight?
5: I'm doing great,
6: bunkhouse Bob, and uh, and also I have the moniker of Mister 13163139.
5: Getting longer
3: and longer. <laughs> that's right, that's right. You're you're a you're a permanent fixture, a great fan, uh, a wrestling aficionado. Always welcome on the show. It's always cool to have George on. Uh, George knows a lot of stuff, and we're going to give George the opportunity to to plug his own. His own shows if you if you're not familiar with Heal Heat on youtube uh George covers a gamut of stuff, and we'll get into that in a little bit but uh George knows quite a bit of stuff and it's always good to get George's feedback on stuff folks, our studio number is two one three eight one six one six zero five excuse me uh we've talked over the course of the last few months about different indie promotions working with the n w a and trying to bring prominence back to that name. Uh, NWA offices announced this week that they were stripping worldwide wrestling out of South Carolina of their NWA license after allegedly using the Crockett Cup name and show without permission from the Crockett family. Now, there seems to be a lot of back and forth on this with truce pointing to both sides. And for me... At the end of the day, it doesn't benefit the NWA franchise. It doesn't benefit worldwide. And it certainly doesn't benefit fans like myself, whom are wanting to get behind the NWA product 100%. There's an NWA promotion that runs here every three months in my area that I go to and have have always been impressed with the wrestling. And, And we've talked about this before, George, whether or not, the NWA name in this day and age garnered or held or holds, excuse me, holds as much prestige and respect as it did back in the day. And when we get things like this going on, and we're going to ask Lance about this because Lance Erickson has a little bit of inside track on this because he was wrestling for worldwide wrestling, still wrestles for worldwide wrestling. And if I'm not mistaken, is the NWA or was the NWA. Worldwide Wrestling Champion. We're going to talk to, to Lance about that. But we've talked about this before, haven't we, George?
0: Oh,
6: definitely, definitely. And it's, you know, when they started promoting this show, it piqued my interest. Because much like you, Bob, we go back, way back watching wrestling. And the Crockett mm-hmm. Cup was right. always something It predated the Survivor Series. But it was a similar concept where you got superstar teams, but just tag teams, not four men, going against each other to see who the best team in the world was. And they'd, right. they'd fly in the Mexican teams, the Japanese teams, and it was just fun. And I, I was really looking forward to it. To find out that it may or may not be, you know, maybe they were just using the Crockett name for their own benefit. Kind of kind of sad.
3: Yeah, like I said, there's been a lot of bantering back and forth. Uh, I've asked a couple of questions, gotten some decent responses on this. And hopefully we'll know some more information. And I'm a firm believer, George, that you can't bury the truth forever, and eventually the truth rises to the top. And I'm also a firm believer in karma. You know, what goes around comes around. So whatever was said, not said, whatever was agreed upon, not agreed upon, eventually it all comes out in the wash. I was oh, yeah. um, I was looking over the CZW results from Deja Vu out of Dayton, and because Laura's not here I can get this in without any without any rebuttal which is nice <laughs> looking over the CZW results I noticed that Laura's BFF Caleb Conley is being billed as the Obsession in CZW now I don't know if being given the moniker of a perfume is going to go over in CZW or not it would probably go over as well as my patented spinning toehold would as a finisher there in CZW. Do you know what I mean?
6: I have to agree. Um, I think there is a little bit of a precedent. I believe Caleb Conley at one point had the Calvin Klein logo with the CK, you know, on his trunk, so maybe that's what they're going off of. I don't know. It's I, I don't see it working, but I think it might work to the... the um, the fans of Laura's ilk, which are the uh, the female fans, which think Caleb Conley is just the cutest thing ever, which, of, yeah. of course, he's an attractive man. I'm not going to, you know, I'm secure enough to say that. But <laughs> CZW is not the place for uh, for cute cute to for go cuteness? over, I believe.
3: Yes, the cuteness.
6: Yeah. Maybe
3: instead of the and, obsession, um, it should be called the cuteness. I don't know. I, every go. time I... Every time you you say Calvin Klein, you know what I think of George. I, Marky I think Mark? the damn No, no, Marky Mark. I think of, uh, for some reason, I think of Back to the Future and and, and freaking uh, Michael J. Fox. I I don't that, know, you know. Calvin Klein. That's the second one. You know. <laughs> As reported on last week, I I finally saw the flyer for Bobby Eaton's return to the road. Remember, folks, last week we talked about Mr. Eaton falling ill again. And uh, thankfully, you know, uh, know, that that it wasn't as serious as as what people had thought. Uh, The flyer that I saw showed him uh, being at a show on October the 3rd for 3X Wrestling in Des Moines, Iowa. It's good to know that Bobby's doing okay. I had actually... Posted a message on uh, Brian Thompson's Facebook page. Something you may be familiar with Brian uh, from TCW and and other ventures, and uh, handles a lot of Bobby's business. And told him thanks for the updates. You know, and and we really, uh, you know, really wish Bobby the best. You know, he's one of those guys that you know, if you see my Facebook page right now and you see that cheesy look that I've got standing beside a Tommy Dreamer, like somebody you know slapped me with a salami in the face. I would have that same cheesy look if I was standing beside a Bobby Eaton. I mean, come on, folks. I mean, that's half of the Midnight Express, my version of the Midnight Express with Sweet Stan Lane and Jim Cornette. So, you know, I'm I'm glad to know that that, that Bobby Eaton is is doing well. Um, It's never, you know, it's always difficult seeing people that, that I've grown up watching, Bobby Eaton and Jake the Snake Roberts and several others go through, health issues, but we certainly are, are glad to know that Bobby is doing well. Um, Jake Manning and Freight Train have returned from the UK trip. It's all on Jake's Facebook page. Uh, then he thanked everybody for the support of, of, of getting Freight Train overseas over over to England, and now say, he says now that the, the work uh, really is going to have to get done in getting all the footage together. the freight train documentary now i don't care if you were a fan of the five dollar wrestling product or not i don't care what you think about it this is what i do know and i've said this before george knows this and i'll go on record again had the opportunity to speak to a lot of people in professional wrestling very grateful very blessed very humbled by the fact that i've been able to be able to speak to people, and, and, and be a part of their world. Freight Train is probably, not probably, is one of the most humblest, honest people that I have ever spoken to in the wrestling business. The guy has a heart of gold, and he truly enjoys what he does, in spite of what anybody else thinks about it. That's pure integrity. So, I'm just throwing that out there for people. You know what? You know about Freight Train, George.
6: Oh, definitely, definitely. I'm a huge, huge fan of Freight Train. And like you said, you don't you don't have to be the most technically gifted wrestler as long as you put your heart into it. And I can't say that I've ever seen a Freight Train match where whether it's four people in the audience or 4,000 where he hasn't put his whole heart into it.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and you know, he's just... You know, I met I met him at uh, at WrestleCon down in New Orleans, and got to chat with him for a little bit. And uh, and the guys just the guys just awesome. I mean, he, he's just genuine. That's that's what he's one hundred percent genuine. You know, it's it's hard a lot of times in, in the wrestling business to find somebody that is truly genuine in that regard. He, he just he, he has no filter. You know, that's that's especially
6: that's, in a, especially in a world full of uh rear end kissers and phonies that'll say or do anything to put yeah. their self over. Yeah. You know, wow. guys guy like Freight Train's a fresh breath of fresh air and I love every I love the five dollar wrestling. I think it's I think it's great. I think it yeah. sheds light on a bunch of wrestlers that otherwise wouldn't get light shed on them. Uh-huh. And it shows it, you know, it's just fun wrestling. Sometimes wrestling can be fun
3: and it can and be I funny. Think that- that's right, and I think that's where where it gets lost in translation. But I think that the the sign in the locker room will always stay where it is, the one that says no pile drivers. I do believe that. <laughs> so, uh, rumor mill is running around about Jeff Jarrett's GWF promotion. I saw a lot of posts running around this weekend and in the leading up through this week. About potentially running a pay-per-view in January with New Japan. Now we don't deal in rumors here, so folks. If, you, if you're a first-time listener, first of all, thank you for your support. We don't report on half-truths and misinformation. I'm just reading what I what I saw. Um, you know, some people say it's a done deal. You know, whatever. When it is a done deal and there's advertising on it, then we'll let you know about the show. But what I find odd is, is this. It's funny how I said something like this was possible weeks ago, holding the event in a territory under the GWF banner. Do
6: you remember us talking
3: about that, George?
6: Well, I definitely do, and I, I think it's a if if Jeff Jarrett can do, and it goes back to our NWA conversation, if he could do a a truly global version of the NWA. Where you get the best from Mexico, the best from England, the best from Australia, the best from Japan, and do these super shows all over the globe. I think he's going to really tap into something that that no one else has, really. Right. I mean, wouldn't when you love to see New Japan, wouldn't you love to see the Bullet Club against some of the guys in AAA? Or, you know, wouldn't you like to see a guy like Zack Sabre over in in a, in the U.K.? going up against somebody like Okada or someone from America like, like Evan Bourne or Matt Sydal now. Well, you know, it's just
5: no, these, and, the and, possibilities and I, are endless. I, I, oh, you're absolutely
3: right. The possibilities are endless. And and I, I honestly believe that this is the format. I believe, and I called it this on the show several weeks ago, I believe that this is Jeff Jarrett's version of the NWA 2.0. I believe that they will lump together these promotions that he has a quote-unquote working relationship with, and he will hold events in those territories under the GWF banner. Said this weeks ago, I, that I believe that that was what, just from everything that I had read and everything that, that I had felt was the potential, that's what I believe will happen. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not tooting my own horn. I mean, it didn't really take a genius to figure this out. I mean it only makes well, Bob, sense from from a business perspective and all other angles.
6: Well I, I will do my best Zane Riley impression and put you over right now. Oh, if you don't listen to, if you don't listen to what Bunkhouse Bob says and and I'm not saying this, me and Bob are friends, we've disagreed on things we've agreed on a lot more than we disagree on. But if you don't listen to what the man says, he's not throwing out stuff there that's just a guess. He's he's very educated on what's going on, and if he says something, most of the time it comes true. Most look, of the time. Look at look at guys that you've had on like Luku. Now you had him on the show. You said he was going to be a big star. Now he's yeah. signed to the WWE.
3: Yep, that's true. And you know that's true.
6: Every everything you say when you say I remember you saying this. You said, count on what I'm saying. Every time you say that, Bob, it comes true. So, guys, if you're out there, this ain't me blowing smoke up Bob's butt. If Bob says something and and he thinks it's true, probably because he's done the research and he has a good, educated guess that it is going to be true.
5: Well, that's what they
3: pay me nothing to do, is to take these educated guesses, because I don't get paid a dime to do this. I couldn't draw a dime, George, if I had two nickels in my hand. (laughs)
6: So, at any rate, well, what I'm going to do?
3: Go ahead, go ahead, George.
6: Well, we're still waiting for that uh, that grudge match between uh,
3: you and Caleb.
6: <laughs>
3: That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Not going to happen. See, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Russell K George, and I'm going to make everything right. And I'm going to extend my hand in friendship to Caleb Conley. Everything that I've ever said about Caleb Conley has never been personal. It's only to make him better. I want the best for Caleb. People are just people are, are misinformed. They're mis- I'm misunderstood, George.
6: I, I hear you, man. I hear you. You're the voice of the voiceless.
3: That's right. I'm the hope of the hopeless. George, what I'm <laughs> going to do is I'm going to have you read off some indie events, and I'm going to get Mr. Adrian Armour on the phone. Not a problem. Coming Thank up you, this
6: sir. weekend... On a Saturday, October 4th, AIW presents Girls Night Out 13 and 14. Turner's Hall in Cleveland, Ohio, two bell times at 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. Scheduled to appear AI- AIW, with, I'm sorry, AIW Champion Athena, Allison K, Veda Scott, Mia Yim, former show guests. Mary Elizabeth Monroe, and Tessa Blanchard, and many more. Guys, this is a who's who of independent women's wrestling, not divas wrestling, women's wrestling. And you can uh, check out and get more information at www.aiwrestling.com. CWF Mid-Atlantic presents the 14th Annual CWF Rumble, Saturday, October 4th, with a 7 p.m. bell time, from the Mid-Atlantic Sportatorium in Gibsonville, North Carolina. Scheduled to appear, former show guests Lance Lude, Cedric Alexander, as well as Chase Dakota, Rick Converse, Mecha, Mer- Mecha Mercenary, Charlie Mecha Wilson, mercenary.
3: Mecca Mercenary. Mecha. Mecha Mercenary, uh,
6: George. You know, when if I'm not reading it, I guarantee it would sound better. Once I put it on paper and start to read it, I mess it up. <laughs> kind okay. of... This is uh, one of CFW's, or CW, see Bob, now you got me stuttering. <laughs> CWF's biggest event. You can go and check out more information at dot 247com And last but not least, speaking of the NWA, NWA Elite Championship Wrestling, Saturday, October 5th with a 5 p.m. bell time. East Park Rec Center in Houma, Louisiana. Scheduled to appear, John Saxon, Vordell Walker, Purple Haze, Americos, and more. More information at www.elitechampionshipwrestling.com, all spelled out all together.
3: Very good, very good. You did just fine, George. I had faith in you. I had faith (laughs) in you. Folks, uh, right now, as promised, as billed, as booked, as guaranteed, we want to bring on to the show, we're, we're, we're very, uh, really fortunate to be able to get him on. He's a busy man, got shows coming up, but uh, we want to bring on to uh, the onto the show uh, Adrian Armour. Adrian, are you there?
1: Yes, sir. How are you guys doing?
3: Doing good. How are you tonight?
1: Not too bad. I'm a little under the weather, but, you know, fighting like always.
3: I hear you. I hear you. Folks, our, our studio number is 213-816-1605. With us on the phone right now is Adrian Armour, and uh, he is one half of the Lethal Weapons in Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, unfortunately, Adrian, Laura could not be with us this evening, so the uh, guest co-host tonight with me is a, a friend of mine by the name of George Coles. George, you want to say hello to Adrian?
6: How are you doing tonight, Adrian? Pleasure, to, pleasure to have you, and pleasure speaking with you, my friend.
1: Sounds good to me, man. The more the merrier. Absolutely. Adrian, I
3: wanted to uh, thank you for taking time to be with us tonight. Um, You are billed as the absolute of athleticism in Atlanta wrestling entertainment. Uh, Did you take to wrestling quickly, or was it a slower process for you, or can you give me a little little info?
1: Um, Okay, well, from my point of view, I've always gone into something as a studier. I'm a drummer, I'm a musician, and everything that I do, I'm always very deep into the nooks and crannies of what makes that thing a thing. So mm-hmm. wrestling was was no no substitute. When I started last year, I trained for about six months before I had my first show. And okay. now now I'm about a year from that and people have been, you know, really estimating that I've been in this business about three to five years. Uh, when it comes to something that you love, you know you you pick it up as fast as you want it to, as long as as long as you want to do it, you'll do anything you can to keep making that next step towards your next goal. So to me, the easiest things was of course you know learning the moves and all that kind of stuff, but it's about being that breakout person, that's, that somebody that no one hasn't seen. I think that's mm-hmm. the hardest thing because a lot of people get clustered into groups and then that's when you get to you know you get lost so it's about being that breakout person and that was the hardest thing to learn to separate myself from the pack
3: right it's funny that you should mention that because I saw a clip with uh, Kurt Hawkins the other day and uh, he had said that said the very same thing about being at Ohio Valley Wrestling about how cutthroat it was and backstabbing it was Guys trying to put them over, put themselves over at the expense of other guys that were, you know, within mm-hmm. the promotion. So, you know, trying to, you know, get noticed. Um, can you tell us uh, a little bit about your training and what it was like for you, and, and who you were trained by?
1: Um, okay, well, I I was trained by Fred Avery. Um, he taught me pretty much every tool I needed to get to where I am now and many steps further. He is um, very, very good at psychology. And that was the one thing that I am happy he trained me on other than trying to do, you know, one certain move 130 times that day. He taught Mm -hmm. me, if you want to do that move, why do you want to do it? And if that's why you want to do it, this is how you should get there. And not a lot of people know that now. A lot of people just know move, 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 move. So uh, we trained two to three days out of the week for about two to three hours. And, of course, we we did our running. We did our cardio. We did our bumps. We did psychology talk. We did promo talking. But a lot of it was on we went as hard as we could every single day. And from the minute striking the time to start to the minute past, if not an hour past striking till the end, you just kept going. And right. I'm still on that philosophy now, whether I'm in the ring or outside of the ring, I'm training as hard as I can. Um, now my training regimen in the gym is about six to almost seven days a week, if not doing cardio, lifting weights, if not in front of a mirror, practicing things just to make it crisp on my side and on the other side
3: always always a constant uh study isn't it exactly what what does it do for the locker room at Atlanta wrestling entertainment to have guys like like Jimmy Rave he's a former show guest and Corey Chavis and others around what does that do for you
1: to me and this is this is an interesting question because You could ask what does it do for the locker room, and then you could ask what it does for me in particular because I'm one of the few that take advantage of those minds that are in there. You got guys like Jimmy Rave and Murder One and Corey Chavis and Chip Day, guys that have been in for a while rolling. And a lot of the guys around my, you know, extent in the business, they don't go up and ask, you know, did you watch my match? Did Did you see any of my stuff? Every time I walk, in, walk into the locker room after a match, I don't care if you saw three seconds of it. I always ask, "How was that three seconds? You know, is there something I can work on? Is there one thing that you can tell me, good or bad? Because if you can't see your match from different perspectives, how do you mm-hmm. expect to see it from a million perspectives when you want to get on TV like you assume to want to, you know? So I right. try to ask as many people as possible that are in the locker room, especially minds like that, because they know. They've been there, and that's why they're here. They're here to help us. But you just got to go and get it. They're not just going to hand it to you.
3: That kind of leads me into a second question then is, why do you think that other guys in the locker room are hesitant to to walk up to them and ask them, for that, Do you think it's intim- – are they intimidated, or is it they just feel that they already, uh, I don't know, for a lack of better term, feel that they're already there? What, what do you think it is?
1: I think depending on who it is, it's a little bit of both. There's some mm. guys that I've run into that feel like they got it. They got it in the bag. They go out there, they do their thing. There's nothing wrong with anything. So they don't bother to ask. They don't bother to ask even the referee how it was. And then there's other guys that are kind of in their shell. They put on their headphones, they sit in the corner, they, they change, they do the match, and then they leave. Um, I've seen a lot of people that are a mix of both. <laughs> you know, right. they're so confident that that's why they put themselves in the shell because they're just like, huh, I got this, you know, it's good. Some people can be like that. Like Jimmy Ray, he's a very common collected person in the locker room mm-hmm. because he can. He's earned that right. Others try to imitate that, and it doesn't go too well once they actually get into the ring.
3: Interesting. You know, I've had the opportunity to talk to uh, several wrestlers from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood before Percy Pringle passed away, and I was really shocked at the number of guys that did not go up to Percy Pringle and ask him to critique their matches or to give them any type of guidance. I was very surprised by that. So, it doesn't seem like it's just necessarily a individual locker room thing. It seems to be something, you know, much bigger. That kind of yeah. kind of it kind of shocks me. Um you and Siler Cross are built as the tag team the Lethal Weapons. Were you all mm-hmm. in with tag team wrestling or was this something that was presented to you or how did this come about? Uh,
1: well, I was kind of uh, luckily dragged in to... <laughs> luckily dragged uh, in? Yeah, I, I think that's <laughs> the best way to put it. Um, right. I was luckily dragged into being kind of a, a road buddy and then what turned out to be training and then, of course, partners with Chick Day and Sala Cross.
2: Mm-hmm. They
1: showed up to one of my first YouTube taping matches and... You know, they walked in walked in the door in the middle of my match, watched the rest of it, and then I just kicked and absorbed everything that they had for me. And later on that night, I ended up working Chip, and that was like my third match. Some people mm-hmm. are thinking, wow, this is my third match, I'm working Chip Day, you know. It's kind of a big deal for, for someone that hasn't done anything. So um, I got to be on the road, travel to shows with Chip Day and Siler, and uh, sooner or later, just natural chemistry-wise, Chip and Silo were already in a tag team. Uh, they brought me into a faction that we were doing down in uh, Porterdale, Georgia at Platinum Championship Wrestling. And then we kind of made these tag teams within our tag teams. So then the mm-hmm. of Weapons came up between me and Silo. And that's, mm-hmm. it was it was something that just happened naturally. It's a chemistry thing. It's a brotherhood thing because we we – we live together, we train together, we hang out together, you know. So in the ring, it's easy. There's no <laughs> communication on our part. It's it's natural. And most guys that get grouped in the tag team, you know, take years to be able to develop that because most of the time, if they just get smashed together, they see each other in the ring, and then that's about it. Right. But with us, it's it's nothing like that at all. So it was – I'm glad it wasn't something that was just approached to me and was like, hey, do you want to just start tagging with this guy? Because to oh. me, tag team wrestling is all about chemistry. That's how you make magic. Right. So the fact that we just have it naturally makes it work every time.
3: Very cool. You, uh, Adrian, do you feel like taking a call from a listener?
6: Sure. Yeah, it sounds great.
3: Let's see who this is. Well, this number looks awful familiar. Hold on. Hold on here a second. Live from the Armory Room with uh Bunkhouse Bob and Adrian.
6: Hey Bob
3: Girl, you're supposed to be taking the night off.
4: <laughs> I am. But I just wanted to call in and tell you and George International Calls that you are doing an absolutely fabulous job and that next week we'll talk about all this Caleb Conley. Dragging through the
6: mud And
4: um, I did have a question uh, For Adrian And I hope I don't steal a question from you Or George Uh, Hey Adrian, how you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good, how are you?
4: I'm doing just fine, I got to meet you at PWX It was a pleasure to meet you I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing you back there Very soon
1: I I hope so as well It was a pleasure meeting you as well
4: it was awesome. I have a question about your new shirt. Okay. Tell tell me about that and how all that came about.
1: Okay, so we're referring to the new one we just released on ProWrestlingTees.com, dot uh, exactly. com, the new Power Ranger shirt. Okay. Well, um, within the within the tag team of the Lethal of Weapons, of course, I'm the youngest guy. I was a '90s baby. So our influence in merchandising are kind of to, uh, to swerve that kind of direction. Um, we Our signature pose, of course, is us putting our finger in the air, showing that we're the best, not showing that we're number one, because number one is not a comparison to where we are. So in tribute to my 90-ness and, and our finger, we made a legit Power Ranger suit shirt. Available in all five colors, red, black, blue, pink, and yellow. And for all the people that want to laugh, I'm actually the Pink Ranger and Sila Cross <laughs> is the Yellow Ranger. So, but, yeah, the, the inspiration is always a, a group effort. We're always just brainstorming on what's the next big thing. Not what's like something up, but what is the next big thing. And we figured that was, that was a gold strike.
4: Awesome.
3: All right, Laura, are you going to go back to your evening off now?
4: Yes, I am. I won't be a bother. (laughs) I just wanted to call in and say hey to Adrian, and say hey to you and say hey to George. And once again, you guys are doing a great job, and I will see you guys next week.
3: All right, girl, enjoy your time off. We'll see you next week.
4: All right. Okay, bye.
3: Bye. Bye. And there goes Laura, a glutton for punishment slave to the grind, <laughs> Georgia George, you want to go on with your question, sir?
6: Oh, definitely, definitely, Adrian uh kind of touching back on something that Bob mentioned a bit ago. I've seen that recently you've been in the ring in a few matches with Murder One. What is it like to get in the ring with someone with such a with such a respected veteran like him? Um,
1: I have answered this a lot recently, and the biggest word that comes to mind is lucky. Um, A lot of people say that luck isn't a thing that's, like, really around in this business. You get what you deserve and all of that, but I think it's really lucky. To be in this, this tag team feud, to be able to work with him and work with him personally, and the first time we ever worked was actually kind of a mistake, but the first time we ever worked we walked to the back, and he was immediately telling people, this kid's going to be somebody. This kid's the next breakout. So just to hear that from the little interaction we had in the very first match, now we're five to six matches deep, and he's still saying it, it's it's a really lucky experience. And I'm really glad to just be on board with it. I definitely
6: agree. And, you know, he's someone that's been around forever. And I know he kind of, from the people i talk to, He's one of them veterans that just has that locker room presence, so I can imagine just being able to pick his brain, like you said earlier and like Bob mentioned, there's some guys that just get it and you go up to these guys and you know, you want to pick his brain because he's been everywhere and done everything.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Now, uh, I wanted to mention you have I know that you have a Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube accounts. Do you think yes. that in this era that these tools are essential to get your name out there to a world, to a nationwide and worldwide audience, or is it just something that you begrudgingly do?
1: I think it's absolutely necessary because I've told a lot of promotions this. I've told uh, because when we go to new shows,
2: we immediately
1: offer a a free promo straight to our YouTube channel, and we plug it on our Twitter and we plug it on our Facebook because technology is the key now. You know, no one is at that point where you see a very good segment on Raw and you call on your phone and say, hey, you need to turn the Raw. Now it's, hey, I'll send a Facebook message or, hey, I'll send a tweet or a text. So you have to be up to date with the time or you're going to get lost in the shuffle. So to me, having a Twitter that you're very active on, so when your fans jump on, and they tweet you and you tweet right back, these are the same people that feel that you're larger than life. So if you give that little bit back, that that grabs them even closer to you. Same thing with YouTube. If one of if one of your friends want to show another fan, you know, this is this is what my friend is doing, they can pull it up right there on the phone. And right then you have a new fan, instant. So to me, keeping up with the technology, being active, I think it's a complete Social media is the key now. It's whether it gets your name out there in a good way or a bad way, but it's the key.
6: I definitely think it is a, a tool to be used in the in the arsenal, and uh, and it's one of the things that when preparing for this interview, I uh, I went over and I looked up your YouTube page, and I have to say this: I was extremely impressed with your intensity and charisma in the promos you have on there. Is that something that came naturally, or do you ha- how or do you work on that all the time to get better and better? Because I thought, like you said, it seems like you're coming off like a veteran, and you've got that you've got that it factor that just comes through the screen and grabs you.
1: Thank you, thank you very much. Actually, what's what I tell everyone that kind of puts puts them a little bit back. All my promos are one shot, one take, and I upload them up. Um, I don't rehearse, I don't write down on a script and try to read through them because then it's rehearsed, it's not natural. You don't you don't get that natural vibe from reading off a sheet of paper. You know, I literally just put myself in a middle prep zone, I walk in front of my camera and I do it. And sometimes I'm not too confident in it, and other times I am, but to me, if you can't deliver something straight from the heart, no one's going to believe it, so you have to put yourself in that mindset that whatever situation you're in, this is a real life situation, and you need to convey that through a camera through a phone, through a microphone in the ring psychology wise that's how it always should be and ever since I was a kid, I was always told that I'm a storyteller from my parents, my siblings, and you're a storyteller you're over-exaggerated and with, with your hands and your voice. So I think since birth, I was cutting promos <laughs> as, as yeah. a little kid. So now that I'm actually being able to do what I've always wanted to do, being in front of a camera, is easy.
6: I mean, it kind, of, kind of from what you're saying, it kind of reminds me of an interview I've seen with Jay-Z before. Where he said, you know, when he started out, he would write everything in a notebook, and he would come out and he'd make these very formulaic songs. But then, when he really broke through, was when he would go in and just listen to the beat and do what the beat would say, follow it, mm-hmm. with what he felt from his heart. Kind of, you know, an, an entertainment thing, same similar thing. And I, like I said, I was I was blown away by how great they were and how how impressive you you come across. And you definitely don't come across as someone that's only been in the business a year. You definitely come across as an experienced veteran.
1: Well, one of, one of the things I like to do in anywhere I am is survey my surroundings. So I'm always watching local wrestling, you know, as far as towns, states, anywhere that's close to me and, of course, farther. I'm always watching to see – my partners as well, but also to see where my competition is. If someone is getting booked on another show that I want to get on, I have to look at where that bar is on that show. So I can work to that part or if I'm past that, I need to talk to that booker and I need to say, Hey, your your level right now is a six. I can take you up to an eight. You know, just give me give me this booking and I, I can show you. And one of the things that's really been lacking in independent wrestling is promo skills and mic skills. A lot of people cannot just get in front and tell a story through, through not only just their their words but through their eyes and their emotion. And that's one of the things that I've really pushed myself in being is that one person that if you put a mic in my hand or if you look right into my eyes as I'm cutting a promo to you, I've got you. And you're not going anywhere until I'm finished.
6: Very cool, man. And then, uh, lastly, before I kick this back over to Bob, because I know he has a few more he wants to ask. Who's been the biggest influence on your career so far?
1: Oh wow! Um, are we talking personally or
6: ring work style or? Um, well, whichever you prefer, if you want, you know, maybe who's who's someone that you pattern your style or your your uh, your career you want to pattern your career after kinda of like Mick Foley patterned himself after Terry Funk. Okay.
1: Um this is one line that I said in my very first podcast and it seems to have stuck with me ever since. I have done my very best to appreciate those that are around me, those who have set the road for me, especially guys like all the way from Harley Race and Hulk Hogan and Dusty Rhodes all the way to The Rock and, of course, John Cena and the CM Punks because they've made this business where it is right now. The thing that I say the most is that I never really want to pattern myself off of anyone, because then I end up turning into the next so-and-so. I turn into the next Rock or the next Stone Cold. I'm not trying to be the next anyone. I want to be the first Adrian. Mm. So I look at a lot of things like, of course, like I said, I'm a 90s baby, so I'm an attitude guy. So I love rock. I love Stone Cold. Guys like that. But I really try to take everything from New Japan to the local indies to, you know, European-style wrestling to technical wrestling to high flying and I try to bring it all into one person because that's what makes this unique little bundle to where you almost can't predict what I'm going to do but you're going to continue watching because you want to find out
6: I right hear man that's, a, that's actually a great mindset to have and, and I enjoy it with when I was watching you, I—that's one of the reasons I wanted to ask that question, because I couldn't see a direct influence. You know how you watch somebody, even a guy like Ricochet, who's one of the best in the world. You watch Ricochet, and you could say, "Okay, Ricochet did this because so and so did this before." When I watch your work, it's like a Stone Cold, it's like a a Rock, it's like a CM Punk. It's got—you may be doing the same moves that other people did, but they're definitely your moves when you do them. And I'll go ahead and uh, I'll kick this over to Bob because I know he has a few more to to get in before we uh, run out of time with you. Absolutely. Hey, Adrian,
3: I noticed that the shirts that the lethal weapons wear, they say, bro, do you even lariat? What does that mean and where (laughs) did it come from?
1: Okay. Well, uh, I've been lifting weights for about eight years now. And Mm -hmm. then – a common weightlifting, little like a uh, taunt is "Bro, do you even lift?" Right. And we we took that one thing, and of course, just like everyone else, you take something, you put put in a little smack of your own, and you call it brand new. <laughs> right. <laughs> we we took "Bro, do you even lift?" And we made it "Bro, do you even it Because between me and Tyler Cross, we throw some of the nastiest lariats in the business. Between straight arm lariats, I throw a discus lariat. Um, He does uh, a clothesline from hell. You know, a lot of a lot of our offense is very brutal and it's very smash mouth, and a good percentage of that is our lariats. So we took that, branded it as a shirt, bro. Do you even lariat? And it's been running around ever since. Everyone's been trying to grab one right
3: i i I think it's cool as hell I, I i when I first saw this shirt, I was like, Come on
1: <laughs> you know
3: it it's good, it's good um, I have to ask this: do you have a funny Josh Wheeler story you can tell me if you don't, you can make one up
1: <laughs> um, the funny thing about Jack is that i've I've heard pieces of stories, and I think it's been done that way, so I almost can't tell full stories of things.
3: Right. <laughs> <laughs> I understand perfectly what you're saying.
1: But Josh is a very unique character, especially backstage, especially at AWE, because this AWE is his brainchild. It's his baby, so he's, he's on high alert all the time, and it's, sometimes you can't even get full, real sentences out of him. But um, he'll he'll go on he'll go on one subject and then he'll just hit on another subject in the same sentence and you just have to kind of follow the roller coaster as it goes. But Josh Josh is a really good guy and he really works. Just the product in AWE itself shows the how hard working the team is, really pulling this promotion, making it what it is. And just taking a step up every single time,
3: well, you know the thing with thing with Josh that I've learned is is that the the gears of the mind change rapidly, and the the other thing that the other thing I can tell you is is that there should be a sign in the locker room or around his area that says "No coffee or no energy drinks on show night." no coffee, <laughs> no energy drinks on show night. he doesn't need any.
1: He doesn't need any.
3: Now, looking at the uh looking at the upcoming bill, Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment, Saturday, October eighteenth, the old Buffington School Gym in Canton, Georgia. Do you know who you're going to be facing on that uh on that show?
1: I do. It's a very stacked show. It's something I'm really looking forward to. We have Drew Galloway coming in to face mm-hmm. uh Jimmy Rave. That was officially made an Evolve title match.
5: So Ooh.
1: that's, yeah, that's a big deal there. You got Chip Day working uh, Corey Hollis, which is another big match. happening a lot recently, but it's first time in AWE. And myself and Tyler Cross and the Lethal Weapons are going to be facing Curry Kid and his tag partner in the Heartburn Express. And it's too fast lucha guys that are gonna get slowed down really quickly by a few Lariats, probably a few spine busters, and then we're gonna to have to carry them home because they're they're going in with some with some heavy hitters and there's some little guys and
3: Okay. I wanna grab this call real quick because I think that I know who this is. Hold on one second, Adrian. All right. 703 you're on with live from the armory with adrian armor how you doing brother good how
5: are you doing well this is lord ever devore how you doing i'm doing well first time listener uh good buddy of mine told me to check out your podcast so i thought i'd give it a listen and i like what i hear well thank you
3: did you have a question for adrian tonight
5: um, actually, I just wanted to touch base a little bit, uh, if you don't mind, on uh, what you guys were talking about earlier about the NWA situation and whether it holds any regard that it did in the past. Okay. Can
3: you um, give me? Can you give me, you give me like,
5: like? Level it still
3: hold uh, I'm sorry. Can, can you give me like two minutes, and we're going to wrap Adrian up, and I'll come right back to you. I promise. Uh, absolutely. Okay, hold on just one second for me. Mm-hmm. All right, Adrian. So Saturday, October eighteenth, stacked event, Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment. I know that uh, I know that Josh had told us last week that if you are going to the Ring of Honor show that is coming to the Georgia area, and you've already bought that ticket, that if you took a picture of the ticket or took a picture of the email, and you sent it to Josh, that you could get into the show for five bucks. Um, five are, bucks? Five bucks. You can't beat that. Can, yeah,
1: you can't beat that. You, no, you go no. to many wrestling promotions, and you, you're getting charged 10 15 20 18 you know, all, all the five bucks. Can't right. beat that.
3: Okay. Now, if folks want to uh, get a hold of you on social media, Adrian, find out a little bit more about you, how can they do that?
1: All right. Well, just like I mentioned earlier, I have a YouTube account, which is youtube.com slash Adrian Armour where you can find all my my matches and my promos. Also, you can go to Facebook.com slash Adrian Armour. That's my biggest social media outlet. Everything gets put on there. Also, mm-hmm. I got uh, Twitter at Kingston with three N's, 498, and also our tag team Twitter at Weapons 11 And then, of course, to get all of your Lethal Weapons wear, merchandise, funny t-shirts to make people laugh or things to represent shows that were close to you as a kid. You can go to prowrestlingtees.com slash lethal weapons and get all of that there.
3: Very cool. Very cool. And the last thing that we uh, always ask all of our guests to Adrian, if you could record a little bump for us, if you could say something like, this is Adrian armor, you're listening to live from the armor wrestling show or some type of variation of that, we would greatly appreciate it. You can go whenever you're ready.
1: This is Adrian Armour, the Absolute of Athleticism, and you are listening to Live from the Armoury.
3: Adrian, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on this evening. I certainly appreciate your time. Thank you. All right, sir, you have a good night.
1: You too as well.
3: All right. Thank you, Adrian. And there goes Adrian. All right, we're going to hop back to this caller because I'm a man of my word, George. I'm a man of my word. I know,
6: you are, bro. I know you are and that's one of the reasons why you're my friend cuz I could believe Absolutely. everything you say. Or <laughs> Absolutely. At least you believe that.
3: Yeah, yeah. All right, go Sir, I'm sorry. Could you could you repeat your first name for me again? Yeah, this is Lord Everett DeVore. Okay. What did uh what was your comment on the uh the NWA thing that we were talking about earlier?
5: Yeah, um I just wanted to say, you know, I I think it does still hold some regards as far as the independent level goes. I mean, it's still Mm -hmm. a place where the best of the best can go and showcase themselves uh, to try to get to that next level. Uh, But as far as putting it out there that it's just as strong as it used to be, you know, of course it isn't because without the Crockett's at the helm and the television power that went behind it, it isn't
3: what it used to be, and it's a shame.
5: Right, no, and and, and I agree with you
3: 100%. I think the biggest criticism was is that, um, you know, NWA kind of fell off the map for a little bit, and then uh, got involved with uh, uh, got involved with some promotions, and it passed a couple of hands, and you know, it just the the luster of it, uh, the the brilliance of it was kind of gone, and then started noticing. Little by little, different promotions around the country that started to come up underneath the NWA logo and started uh, started following uh, some of Bruce Tharp's uh, different posts that he had put out, uh, you know, and work in Japan. And like I had said, I know there's a NWA over out of the Houston area where I live, in the area that I live in, there's NWA That runs in Mississippi, NWA that runs in Louisiana, uh, of course NWA Smoky Mountain, uh, you know, and started seeing some started seeing some positive things come up, and then you get a situation like this, you know, and it 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 just you know, I don't know, it's like I don't know one step forward, two steps back in a sense to me, you know, because I want to be all in, you know, I, I said when I went to the last NWA show. Uh, they had just put the referees in the official NWA referee uh, shirts, and I commented that it's the small things like that that just made it made it pop even more for me, being an old school type of fan, you know. So, uh, you know, I, I hope that everything gets worked out. You know, I, I hope that, uh, you know, I, I hope that everything goes the way that it's supposed to go.
5: Absolutely, I agree. The, the companies out there that are doing. Uh, the formula, the right way. The NWA banner does nothing but help them.
2: Uh, mm-hmm.
5: Unfortunately, there's a lot of guys out there that pay that money for that name, and continue the same old booking formulas that they think they know because they watched a TV program. Right. And, you know, those are the ones that drag down the name. Absolutely. I, see, I think,
6: I think, uh, is it is it Barp that's doing the that's over the NWA altogether now, Bob?
3: Say that again, George. I didn't hear you.
6: Is it Bruce Starp? Is he the one that's that's the uh the head of their committee now?
3: I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's him and one other gentleman. I believe there are two I, active two active gentlemen. I, I know that the Bruce is is probably the most social media savvy one that, that, that communicates a lot of the goings on.
6: Now, I know that they took over just a bit over two years ago. And in the mm-hmm. two years since they've they've taken over, there's been a lot of upheaval. They've won in and they've got rid of all the companies that that just paid for the licensing to put the NWA right. name on, as they're nothing but a glorified backyard wrestling net show on. Right. They've, they've well, tried to weed those out and keep the ones that ha- that are good and and include some other up and coming, you know, indie promotions into it that are good and have that'll keep the NWA quality. So they're working. They're working on weeding all the the bad elements out. I'd say probably in another year. Maybe two right. more. They're going to have mm-hmm. it to where they where they want it to be.
3: Well, sir, I, I certainly appreciate your call this evening, and we're we're going to go to somebody that knows probably better than what I do, and I am really looking forward to this, folks, uh, joining us right now. I just see his number pop up. He knows a little bit about the NWA, as promised, as booked, as billed, as what's on the marquee. Lance Erickson is joining us. Lance, how are you this evening?
0: I'm doing all right. How are you, Buckhouse?
3: I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I, uh, I really want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us tonight. We've already had a couple of callers that, that, that found out that we're talking a little NWA wrestling, and, and it's brought back a lot of memories. And, and I've got a boatload of questions for you, and I know there's some things that you want to talk about And I just wanted to let you know I certainly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us this evening.
0: Thank thank you. Thank you and everybody there at the Armory for having me on. It's a pleasure to be on. And, uh, you know, like I said, man, uh, I look forward to talking with you tonight. I'm going to turn a few heads with a few things that I have to say, I'm sure. And uh, there's going to be some things that people think I'm going to say that I'm not. So we'll just leave it at that. I know there's a lot of people listening. My phone's been ringing off the hook all day long, wanting to know what I'm going to talk about. That's why right. I cut the little promo video earlier today at the house uh, right. after a gym workout just to let people know that, uh, hey, if you want to hear it, turn in here. That's where you can hear that.
3: Absolutely. Folks, our studio number is 213-816-1605. I will try to get to your calls as, as best that I can. We do have several callers there that, that have called in and are listening. And, Lance, I'd be remiss in saying, on the uh, on the other end of the line with us is our guest co-host tonight, uh, George Coles from the Heel Heat Show is with us. George, you want to say hi to Lance?
6: Hey, Lance, it's a, it's a pleasure having you on, sir. And I, I'm more than excited to hear what you have to say, and hopefully it does go a little bit into the area that where people don't expect what you're saying coming out.
3: <laughs>
6: well,
0: thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, like I said before. And uh, we're going to get a few things out in the open tonight, and uh, we'll just see what I have to say.
3: Very cool. Lance, I want to address two things with you right out of the gate. One that I spoke about at the beginning of the show concerning NWA Worldwide no longer being affiliated with the NWA franchise. What can you tell us about the situation and what does it mean for fans like myself who are (laughs) wanting to get behind that NWA franchise but are now leery?
0: Here's the deal, and I'm going to straight shoot. I'm going to be 100% honest for this. I'm going to catch heat from the office. I'm going to catch heat from a few people for this. But I didn't come on here to bullshit nobody or to, or to politic or anything like that. Politicking days are done over for Lancers, okay? okay? Uh, number one, here's the deal. Uh, worldwide is a class show. Uh, uh-huh. Jeff, which is Johnny Lightning down there, does a hell of a job. Uh, I don't okay. know the whole deal. You know, I am the NWA Eastern States heavyweight team. Period, point blank. That pissed a few people off because I am that champ. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of caused a little thing uh, as far as after the breakup between the Lords of Chaos came. We'll get into that in a little while. But right now I'm going to try to answer your question. Uh, here's my feelings, and this is my personal feelings on this. This has nothing to do with the office or anything or with Jeff or anybody else,
1: you know. Okay. Um
0: Jeff feels he's not been done correct. Okay. Uh, Jeff okay. feels that the NWA has not uh, backed him or given him the uh, cooperation that he's wanted. Period. Point blank. That's what that basically okay. comes down to. Uh, okay. You know, anybody else that, any reporters or anybody else that's that's jumping on this bullshit, it has nothing to do with anything else. Uh, you know, uh, there's there's guys that I've respected that was there. There's guys that's left. Um, you know, there's people that are that I respect very much that are calling Get Jeff Goose, this and that. Let me tell you something. Jeff, which is Johnny Lightness, has done nothing but been right by me from day one. Okay? okay. He tried to help build the brand of the NWA, which is what I've done from day one, guys. I've canceled uh-huh. other bookings that I had and not went into territories to work for the NWA because the NWA was running that territory. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, and one, and let's get this out in the open and just be honest about it, was NWA Rage, which is running in that area of North Carolina, where Edge Wrestling, which split from them, Rage come about, and I wouldn't work. I got booked on a couple shows for them and ended up not going because I felt that I needed to stay NWA and not promote another brand. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that's where this all comes down to with NWA. Okay, Jeff talked with the guy that said he had gotten permission from the Crockett's to run the Crockett Cup. I wasn't even at the show. I was the champ and wasn't even there. I was booked for Southeastern Wrestling, you know, which is is Marquez's deal. You know what I'm saying? That's Marquez's deal down there with Paul Adams and those guys. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they treat me well. They take very good care of me. And I'm one of the top guys there. I'm in an angle with Chase Stevens and Crimson, me and Sean Schultz are, and it's, you know, it's doing very well. So I wasn't even there. I had an obligation to another company. That's why I wasn't there. But at the same time, Jeff done everything. He's been publicizing this damn promotion of the Crockett Cup for six months, and nobody had a damn thing to say until he runs it, and then somebody says something out of the way, and then all
3: hell breaks loose. Come on, guys.
0: You know what I'm saying? That's that's bullshit.
5: There's no other so way to do af- it. All after it's the fact.
0: You know, it, it, and that's basically what it was. And then the Crockett's go on their website and they post that they wish nothing but the best of worldwide wrestling after Jeff talked with them and everything, but it blew up, okay, and it made a whole yeah. big thing from, I understand, from the office. And that was pretty much from what I've been told by Jeff and from what I've heard through the grapevine from the office. That's why the whole thing went down.
3: Okay. So, you know what I'm saying? It, I mean, no, and, that, I, I, know I know what you're uh, saying. And, it, and I've seen the posts, I've saw the bannering back and forth, and I've been on the Crockett page, and uh, and I've read the posts myself. And I actually commented on one my of the posts.
0: In my opinion, Jeff done nothing wrong, he did okay. nothing wrong whatsoever. The office is upset because of some shit that was called in supposedly by another wrestler, which I'm not going to name, but and and that, you know, oh, there was no permission. I don't believe Jeff would have run the thing without having the permission from somebody. And this Craig, whatever his name is, supposedly giving, Jeff named the guy, Jeff done everything. Now, Jeff's dealing with other guys, you know, as far as this bullshit about guys not getting paid and all this and worldwide, My payday's always been there. Never had a problem with my payday. It's always been there, but I've been one of the top guys for Jeff. So I don't know. I can't speak on that. That's not my business. I don't want to speak on that. Because some of those guys that are complaining about that are good friends of mine, very good friends of mine. And I have nothing but respect for those guys in the ring. So that's between Jeff and them. That's between that office and, 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 and them. It's not between me. You know what I mean? I have nothing to say about that.
3: Fair enough, fair enough.
0: Look, first, the, the pocket stuff, I don't believe Jeff done anything wrong. This has been coming for a little while. Uh, you know, Jeff doesn't feel that, that the office has been fair with him on things, and that's where that broke down. Uh, amid the controversy and people going and throwing him under the bus, you know, Jeff's done nothing wrong to be thrown under the bus, Bunkhouse, That's bullshit. And the people that enough. are throwing him under the bus were supposed to be his friends. And that's the problem with this business today is the boys don't stick with the fucking boys. Hmm. The boys will run to the fucking office and kiss the office's ass to get what they want. That's the problem with my business today is people run to the office and, and, and and kiss their ass when they don't need to let your Mm -hmm. work rate, let what you do in the ring and how you draw and the way you carry yourself, get what you want. Not because you kiss somebody's ass.
6: Right.
3: No, I, I think that's fair enough. I think those are fair statements, and that's what we do here. We provide the open platform. The second thing that I wanted and I'm to address. i
0: not in the NWA office. Don't get me wrong.
5: Right. That's no, between no I, them I, I, and them, I have
0: nothing to say about that. What I'm saying I, I is I about understand. some of the so-called wrestlers that do wrestle for the NWA that are kissing people's ass to get what the fuck they want.
3: Right. Right. Now, the, the second thing that I wanted to talk to you about, and, and you, you mentioned it briefly right off right off the bat. Was that you and Damian Wayne are no longer together as the Legion of Chaos? Can you tell me what happened from your perspective?
0: Okay, this is the first time this has been talked about where you can hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Period. Like I lied to the fucking office. Okay, let's get this out in the open. It's 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 common knowledge if you know me. You can look it up and find out. I'm a convicted felon. No, 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 no reason to lie about it. I made one mistake in my life, and it cost me 15 months of my life. Okay, I'm a convicted felon. I live with that shit every day. Okay, I made a mistake. When I had to deal with the DOC in the, in the state that I was dealing with it with, they told me that they they just that the passport people had to get one thing done. We was booked in Japan. We were supposed to go on October 13th, when and in November. When Chase Owens is born, okay, let's go ahead and break all kinds of cake tape here, okay? We was booked. They wanted me and D-Dub. They asked for me and D-Dub, okay? We was getting ready to go there. We worked our ass off to get there. Damien worked his ass off, too, okay? So we was getting ready to head to Japan. D-Dub got his passport. He took care of some personal issues he had not got his. It was my turn. I was doing everything I could to get him. Okay, anybody that's been to Japan and dealt with New Japan is going to tell you that if you don't do stuff on their time, they're going to, they'll are going they take your book and they don't give a shit. They've got 50 more guys wait. okay? Right. So when my passport didn't come in, bunkhouse, this is the God's honest truth, I lied to D-Dub and I lied to the office boats and told them, hey, passport's on its way as soon as it gets here, blah, 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 which it was coming. I had one paper that, that had to be signed by one of the DOC in the state of West Virginia, okay? I was waiting right. on that paper to be signed and released because I could not go to Japan. I could go to uh, England and some of those countries, Britain, different things, but I couldn't go to Japan without this company, Without w- with this company, without this paper being signed, okay? All right. The people with the DOC are not going to get in no hurry to do shit. They don't give a shit to you. You're a piece of shit. You made a mistake. It doesn't matter if you made a mistake. And I'm not a bad person to the people that know me, but I did make a mistake, okay? Cost me my right. time. i done my time, done my parole. That's eight years behind me now, okay? But I had to wait on this piece of paper to get signed. Well, guess what? It didn't get signed in time. The cutoff date come, and I lied to the office. I take full responsibility as a man for that. DW had right. nothing to do with that part of that, okay? Nothing right. at all. It, was, it he, he got screwed just as bad as I did. But here's the deal. If I would have told them, hey, this is not going to be on time, we may have to cancel this date and go another time, they may have took it. So what I thought was best, and I talked to a few friends of mine that entered the business, and I'm not going to mention their names, but they told me that, and these are big-time names, <laughs> and they told me, if you cancel that date, they're not going to bring you back at all. Right. Take your chance. You're best to take your chance. That's what's best for you and d dub. If you and D-Dub get to Japan, you can write your check with a lot of people. Okay, so that's fine. So that's what I did. I made a mistake, Bunkhouse. It's not anybody's fault but mine on that part. That's my fault, and that's where the shit started. Okay? And then, you know, me and D-Dub had been having some personal issues, being honest with you, going back for probably a month or two before that. We hadn't seen eye to eye on a few things. Um, We actually had a custom match one day on the phone. You know, he started cussing me, and I told him, you don't cuss me, I don't cuss you." This is what I'm going to do. What I think's best, blah blah blah, and that's where that's where everything went wrong. Okay, um, our wives, i ain't gonna lie. Let's let's pull all shit out. My girlfriend and his wife don't get along. Okay, okay, they don't get along, and it goes back to a lot of personal shit that I'm not going to bring up because I'm—I have enough respect for him, even though I'd like to stomp his fucking ass. I have enough respect for him, so I'm not going to bring that up. But there were some issues that his wife don't like me that goes back to personal issues between them. Let's just leave it at that.
3: Okay. Okay. No, that's fair enough. There's an old saying down here. Don't piss down my back and try to tell me it's raining. I'd much rather have you stand face-to-face or over the phone and tell the 100% God's honest truth than climb up a tree and lie to everybody. Do you know what I mean? Uh-oh. I think Lance has dropped. Hold on a second here, folks. He's burning up the phone line, telling the truth, and the phone call dropped. And sometimes that happens. That is the perils, folks, of, uh, of live podcasting. Hold on here one second. We're going to give him one moment here to call back in. and keep an eye on us here. He was shooting straight with us, folks, and I appreciate that honesty, one hundred percent.
6: You can't you can't fault a man. You can disagree with a man, but you can't you can't fault them when they're telling you the honest truth as they see there it. There he
3: is, right there. Hold on.
6: Sorry,
3: sure, hey guys. Right? I'm uh, traveling. No, I had it, Some
0: stuff to take care of today. I apologize. I didn't mean to
1: lose you. If I do, no, I promise see. I'll call right back in. I apologize. That, that
3: that's not a problem. What what I was saying to you was is that there's an old saying down here in the South. Don't piss down my back and try to tell me it's raining. I would much rather have you be 100% honest with us, just like what you were, than climb up a tree and lie to us. So I appreciate your honesty and integrity.
0: But getting back to what I was saying, and and that's where everything comes. So uh, next thing I know is the day comes, I I get a text from Bruce Stark who says, haven't received anything in the mail today, they're going to cancel. So I guess D-Dub gets, gets, you know, he gets a text to, sorry, you guys are going to be canceled. So he decides instead of, you know, we had three of the NWAs. We was the United States tag champs, the Mid-Atlantic champs, and the Worldwide, which was the Eastern States champs, tag Mm -hmm. champs. He decides he doesn't want to do business, and he's just going to take his ball and go home. You know, I've had enough of the politics, blah, 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 you know. Right. Um, DW and, and and you know I'm in a heated a heated angle with Chase Stevens, but he's still probably one of my best friends in the world. You know, mm-hmm. no bullshit. Him and him and DW, I thought was my two closest friends in the world. Okay, could talk to them about anything, could tell them anything, and they'd have my back every day. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. Okay. Uh, right. Chase Stevens is still there. DW's not. Uh, D.W. just picked his ball up and walked away from the hottest. And I'm not bullshitting. We was the top tag team on the independent scene. We was getting calls from everywhere. People wanting us to come. Uh, you know, the N.W.A. believed in us because if not, they wouldn't have been pushing us. You know what I mean? They wouldn't have been helping us to do what they want. But we Makes got sense. the Japan deal on our own. You know, now, people like Jack Dane, Rob Conway, uh, Bruce Stark, Chris Ronquillo, they all vouched that we was a top, you know, we was a top tag team, or New Japan wouldn't want anything to do with us. Right. But at the same time, we went to Houston and to San Antonio and worked in front of them and had two hellacious matches against the Sons of Texas in Houston, which was on the the the, the, the invasion angle stuff that they done, and then we went the next night and worked for. Uh, Brandon Outlaw, B O W, down there, and we worked a four-way tag match, and ended up with us and Lance Hoyt and uh, Davy Boy, you know,
6: mm-hmm.
0: against you know against us. and it, it was basically an elimination match. It come down to us. We had a hell of a match. They beat us, but you know that right there helped set us to where we needed to be in the in the World Tag College. That's it. We got a lot of we got a lot of respect for those two matches. And that right there set us on the map On where we needed to go and what we needed to do And me and B.W. traveled more Than anybody else in the N.W.A. There's nobody Nobody called and got our fucking bookings for us We got our own bookings on our own We took mm-hmm. pay cuts To try to promote the N.W.A. And I'm still promoting the N.W.A. brand And the office is upset with me right now I understand that I don't blame them for being upset with me Because I lied to them <laughs> Do make mistakes. I made a wrong I made a wrong decision. But, you know, me and DW defended the United States tag titles about every weekend. It was the most defended titles that they had, including world title doesn't get defended as much as what we was doing. We traveled uh-huh. every weekend. We took losses by the distances. There was times that we would be in Nashville, Tennessee working for N W A Saw on a Friday night and then have to travel 14 hours back to the coast and work for NWA Fusion or somebody else. You know what I mean? And anybody that's really in this business knows you're not making a lot of money if you're doing that much traveling to try to promote a brand. Hell, me and D.W. fucking, we're the ones that put the NWA on the map in the east, in the northeast anyway. You know what I mean? That, yeah, and they do. Nobody, it? I, I give him credit for that. He, he was not that me,
3: You know what I'm saying? That, so I do, I do, and that that kind of, that kind of takes me into my next question because I, I'm an old school NWA fan, and I this is a, one of the questions I, I've just been dying to ask you. What did it mean to you to walk out under that NWA logo and to carry an NWA championship? What did that mean to you, Lance? <laughs> I get chill bumps sitting here driving thinking
0: about it because I grew up on that. I mean, here's what me people does not understand. I grew, when I was able – you know, I, I'm 40 years old now, okay, period, point blank. I'm 40 years old. When I was just two years, three years old, some of the first memories I have in my life is me crawling to a, tw- to a 25-inch TV that's set floor that my mom and dad had and me sitting there in front of it my dad bitching at me because I was too close because I wanted to watch Georgia Championship Wrestling. Thank God. Which was part of the NWA. You, you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'm I very exactly. in Cleveland, Ohio, okay? Mm-hmm. I used to go once a month and watch Georgia Championship Wrestling at the Cleveland Convention Center. I had everybody from Ole and and, and and that whole crew from Ole, Thunderbolt Patterson, Tommy Rich, those guys that helped build the way for us. So to, to right. have the United States Tag Titles, you know what I'm saying? And listen. There was no way around it. This is not me in the office or this or that, because I've heard bullshit from promoters saying that me and D-Dub run around collecting all these titles to pressure the office to put the world titles on us. Name a fucking better tag team on the independent scene than me and Damian Wayne. Name more people that put more seats for NWA on the, on the East Coast. Name two more reputable names on any fucking body that has any belt that's with the NWA now besides Rob Conway that put more asses in the seats than me and D.W. have in the last two years. You can't. You can't. We're the two most reputable. And I don't even like this son of a bitch. I'd love to stomp his ass right now. He probably feels the same way about me. I don't care. But the truth of it is that nobody has promoted and done more and tried to do right by the NWA than me and Damian Wayne have in the last two years. And I made a mistake, and that's my fault and I have to live with that decision every day. Bruce Starp and Chris Rockwell might not want to have a fucking thing to do with me. That's fine. That's their, that's their choice. I can't change that. All I can do is go out and bust my ass, continue to get in the best shape that I've possibly ever been in, and continue to work night in and night out, and prove to them that I am one of the top guys in the NWA. I
3: want to, I want to change gears for a minute. You've been at this a while, going on over 15 years.
0: 15 years. 17 years.
3: Seventeen. I, I watched an interview the other day, part of an interview with Kurt Hawkins, a guy who used to be in the WWE, made it to the big stage, and he was talking Hello, about he was he was having to he was talking about having to ask the Undertaker. They had been on the road for a while. I think they were three months in on the road doing a turn. Having to ask the Undertaker if he was allowed to dress in the locker room because they were making the other guys dress outside in the hallway. What were some of the things that you were taught early on about locker room etiquette?
0: Frank Parker, I started out with a guy named Larry Strick. Me and four other guys did. And I don't have a bad thing to say about Larry except, and it was in a little town called Montgomery, West Virginia. And I don't have a bad thing to say about him because the guys that actually ended up staying in the business, which was myself, Chuck Nunley, which is Spider Crowley, and another guy named Amel, which was uh, Scott McComas. You, can't, you can beat on us as much as you want it's not going to bother us, because he used us as a fucking tackle. That was it.
6: Right.
0: Uh, then I got with Frank Parker. He used Frank Parker and Jimmy Valiant and some of those guys. Got with Frank. Frank come down, kind of finished up our training. And then I went on the road with Ricky Morton some, and, and Punky really polished me, and begged me during my second marriage to move to Kingsport or to Bristol there with him. And you know he said, you know, give me a year with you on the road, and you'll have a you'll have a job at WWE. You just need polished up, blah blah blah. So uh, to see some of that stuff, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it was just. Uh, you know, I've seen some crazy shit go on as far as guys being done that way in the locker room. I mean, I've never had that problem because I was always one of the biggest guys in the locker room. You know, I'm six, I'm 6'5 six and 3'15 now. So right. uh, I've never really had that problem. But, I mean, as far as starting out, I mean, locker room etiquette was you come in, you bring your bag in, you shake everybody's hand, you introduce yourself. And especially, I mean, and I still do this today to a lot of places, if there's guys that have been in the locker room, like when I'm in the locker room with Rob Copeland, mm-hmm. Rob's got about the, same kind of, about the same amount of business as far as being in the business as me. But I'm not. I'm not going to try to tell Rob, hey, let's do this, let's do that. Me and D Dub were Kim and Jacks, you know, in a couple great matches for the NWA World Tag Straps, and I'm just not. I'm not going to try to tell guys that have been in the business. I was. I was taught better than that. You respect the veterans. And, you know, if you have a question, you ask your question, but you ask. You don't tell them shit. You know, back when I started, that's how you got your ass worked. These right. young kids today have no clue. And I got a bad hmm. and I got a bad reputation for that 10 years ago because these young kids would come up and say, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, blah, blah, blah. And then I, I commenced to beating the shit out of them, and I got a bad name for it because I was protecting the business. Hmm. That's
6: not,
0: I mean, I'm old school far as that goes. I don't I don't think, you know <laughs> I just don't think you should do that stuff. Uh you should you should keep your mouth quiet and do what's asked of you. And uh you know, I mean there's there's plenty of times. Me and D dub ourselves have had to do a few things that we didn't think was right. And we mm-hmm. bitched about as a tag team. But we wouldn't have done it anyway because it was business and that's what we was asked to do. We was paid to do. So, right. you know, there's a lot of times that you have to do things in this business you don't want to do, but you still do it anyway because that's just the way it is.
1: Right.
3: Fair enough. I'm going to shoot it over to George. Lance, I know he's got a couple questions for you as well.
6: Lance, my friend, you touched on it a, a little bit. It was something I read and, and I've seen about your career. Uh, I know that Ricky Morton was sort of a mentor to you. What is one of the things he's taught to you that you're starting to pass on to the younger generation that's coming up now?
0: One of the things that Ricky and another guy that really was influential with me is I worked for Terry Landell for about two years straight in Knoxville when Tennessee Mountain was doing five to 800 people every month. You know what I mean? And then he went to running every two weeks, and we were still doing every other week was doing five to 800 people in Knoxville. And I was on top wow. there. And Terry brought everybody in. Hell, I beat everybody from Continental Days to you name it. From Brian Lee to Dirty White Boy to all the Armstrongs to you name it. I mean, they really give me a push and a half there. And um, I learned a lot from Tony Anthony, too, who I look up to a lot. Him and Punky are probably – and Tracy Smothers. That's another one that I did some time on the road with that I learned a lot about this business about. That's my three mentors right there. And Brian Logan. Brian Logan, I've learned more in this wrestling business about the wrestling business itself and how business should be run from Brian Logan, who a lot of people say was a loose cannon and this and that. Let me tell you, I've been in the ring with a lot of motherfuckers. I've been in the ring with top guys. And Brian Logan, when he was on his game, was as smooth as anybody's I've ever been in the ring with. And some of the things that they taught me was, you know, just like I said, it is about business and doing what's best for business. You know, um, and and trying to help these young kids. Because the older we get and the less we can perform, you're going to have to rely on these young kids to pick up the pace and to help with things. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, trying to teach them to do things right and to do business right, uh, which I guess I'm not a good one to say that because, hell, I lied to the office of the NWA and cost myself a lot of things. But I thought I was doing what was best for business at the time. But I did. So I take responsibility for that. But at the same time, you know, just trying to learn these kids that not everything's a fucking high spot. You don't have to do 50 flips to make things work. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's all about, you know, you can't call everything in the fucking back and expect it to go the way you want to, and then you miss something and then you're all floundered and you fuck up, and then the fans start knowing that you fucked up, and then what do you got? You know what I'm saying? You know, go out right. and feel the crowd. What's the crowd? That's what I learned from Ricky Morton. And sell. Sell your ass off. No matter if you're a heel or a baby. You know, the, the heel's job is to bump for the fucking baby. Period, point blank. Bump for the baby and make that baby and that local guy look like a million bucks. You're going to get your heat on him when it comes. Do what you have to do to get that baby face over. And I've been a heel 90% of my career, so that's what I've always learned. Get the baby face over. It makes your job so much easier as a heel.
6: Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, it kind of, based on what you're saying, kind of reminded me, and I, I, for the life of me, I can't remember who said the quote, but they said the two guys that drew the most money in the business were Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin, and neither one of them was doing a 450 splash.
0: Right, exactly.
6: But, exactly. And that kind of, you know, kind of a little bit is going in the direction that I was thinking with the younger generation, we got, you know, we have the internet coming through and smart fans that seem to know more and more as the days go by with the invention of Twitter, with the dirt sheets, all that stuff, knowing more and more about what goes on. Do you think that that is hurting the wrestling business overall? Do you, or do you think it's the, the wrestlers themselves who are letting too much get out on there?
0: All right, I'm going to piss some people off here. Here you go. Everybody listen in. A lot of it is the wrestlers, okay? The wrestlers, period, point blank, okay? Because you've got a lot of fucking guys that are doing things to – you've got a lot of guys that are paying to fly themselves around and to do this and that, and and, and these are the same fucking guys that bitch and complain about stuff like – Jeff, uh, Johnny Lightman at, at, at Worldwide saying that oh he uses guys that work for free. Well, what the fuck are they doing when they fly themselves? Use this and this and this. No matter what it may be, they fly their own fucking selves to defend belts and to do things instead of letting the promoter pay them. You know what I'm saying? Me and right. I flew me and DW to Texas one time, one time, and that was because it was for the New Japan trial. Okay, and guess what? It worked out for us because we did get booked in Japan. Okay, once again, I fucked that up. I take responsibility for that. But guess what? We did. It paid off for us by doing that. But that was one time only. We didn't fly ourselves to do anything else. Yeah, we might have lost money by traveling and driving 14 fucking hours to make a booking. But guess what? We've done it on our own. It wasn't because of that. So it's it's kind of like the fucking pot calling the kettle black. Do you understand what I'm saying? You got all these guys that say they've done this and they've done that, and at the same time, they're going behind people's back that don't know about it and doing this stuff on their own. You know, don't oh. bitch about somebody fucking paying, not using a guy that they paid five fucking dollars to who don't have uh, six months to a year in the business. Don't bitch about that when you're doing the same fucking thing by flying yourself all over the United States to defend titles and do things, you're no fucking better than them. What makes you any better than them? You're not. You're a fucking hypocrite. That's what that is. So it's a lot of the wrestlers that are doing stuff like that that aggravates the shit out of me, but then they want to bitch because a promoter or somebody else uses a guy that's cheaper on the money to try to stay under the budget so he can run the show. What's the difference? Do you see any difference? Am I wrong or am I right?
6: I think you're 100% right. I totally agree with you. Oh. And, and it's the same thing right? like what you're saying. If a guy's going to cost you $5 to wrestle as a booker and he could do the same things as a guy that probably deserves 500 a night, who are you going to put on the show? You're going to put the $5 guy because, A, it's going to help you make budget, and B, if there is profit, there's going to be more profit because you're not spending as much on talent. That's right. So it makes, and I, mean, you know what I mean. But, but
0: what, what aggravates me is you've got these self-righteous motherfuckers that want to bitch because a promoter uses the guy, but then at the same time you've got guys that are paying their own ways and flying their own shit and doing this and this and they're no better, but they want to turn around and turn on the guys that hand-fed them to get
6: stuff.
0: Oh. I don't believe in that, man. I am 100%. If I got your back, I got your back. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to turn on you, and I'm not going to do this and that. That's the thing that goes back to the me and DW bullshit. You know, he's running around, and people are saying, oh, you stabbed him in the back. How in the fuck did I stab this motherfucker in the back? Nobody stabbed anybody in the back. I told a lie that hurt us, yes. But at the same time, people don't know the shit that I've done. I can I can tell you some stuff that I've done that helped us, that helped him to keep his wife from bitching at him because he didn't make enough money on a fucking show. But I'm a bad guy and you want to turn on me over that? The office can have all the heat they want to have with me over this. Damien Wayne has no fucking right to be mad at me over this. Because I've done Mm -hmm. more for him on the back burner than he ever would have had. And I have his back. Through thick and thin, through all kinds of bullshit that I'm not going to go into here, out of respect, it could even cause him even more problems. You understand what I'm saying? So that's that's just what what happens on the road stays on the road. Let's leave it at that.
6: Exactly.
0: So that's my whole point. You know, this this business is so fucking cutthroat anymore. Instead of the boys staying with the boys. When I got in, the boys supported the boys no matter what. You stood by the boys no matter what. You done whatever you had to do to take care of the boys to help them. You didn't help the office. The office was your enemy. Because they're going to pay you the lowest fucking amount that they can pay you to get you to go out there and perform for them. The office don't give a shit for you. They're, they're, They're nothing but yes men. That's every office. They're going to do whatever they have to do to get you to perform for them. And you know that in the back of your head. But at the same time, you'll run through a fucking brick wall to help them because you want to be a part of something special. I've been a part of something special. The NWA can be a special thing again. Bruce and Chris are doing a great job of that. I don't, I don't give them no problems on that. I'm the one that fucked up with them. They didn't do nothing to me. They tried to help me. Do I agree with some of the decisions they make? Fuck no. I never will. But at the same time, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just the way it is. The boys should stay with the boys. The boys back the boys. The boys don't back the fucking office. Because the office will turn, and when you can't draw money for them, and you get hurt and you can't be there for them, they're going to cut you off the fucking angle. They don't care. That's just the way it is. It's always been that way.
3: Lance, I see we've got several callers that are in the queue, and I haven't been ignoring you folks. I'm sorry. Um, I've got several callers in the queue that are are wanting to speak. You feel like taking a a couple of phone calls? Yeah,
0: no problem, man. All
3: right, let's hit this first one up here. 336, you're on with Live from the Armory with Lance Erickson.
0: Yeah, man, what's up?
3: How you doing tonight, sir?
0: Lance, human predator, man. How you doing? doing all right. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, I've been in this shit storm. I'm right in the freaking middle of it. Now, I can't believe all the crap that's come out and people turning on people turning on Lightning and trying to slam them. You don't you don't bite the hand that feeds you, guys. Period, point blank. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you just just just, you just don't. I mean, I don't believe in
1: it,
0: man. The whole Crotty Cup thing. I'm like, okay, whatever you want to do, man. You know what I'm saying? That's that whole stuff. He, he, It was all about nostalgia. It was all about, you know, it wasn't about making money. You ain't going to make no money in this business unless you're working for the top. I mean, that's just the way it is. You know it as well as I do, right? I know. I agree. So, and, you know, the DW thing, and he got dragged
2: into it, uh,
0: All these people got dragged into it. Some emails were sent out that Lightning had, you know, said DW got the big head. Yeah, Pop. Okay. Okay.
3: I'm here.
0: All the top guys have a big head. I've got a big head. You know anybody that wants to be a top guy is going to have a big head, and everybody's going to have a fucking head. No problem. You know what I mean? There's nothing about that. That's that's any guy that's going to be a top guy at one point or another is going to have an okay. Head. Yeah, we've all got that. All of us do. If you know, it's not, then there's a problem because you're not going to be a top guy if you don't have a bit of an ego.
3: That's true. That's true. Three three six. I want to thank you for your phone call. I got another one here. We got to got to roll along. Hold on here. 681, you're on with uh, live from the Armory Wrestling Show with Lance Erickson. Yeah, it's Charlie Patrick.
6: I'm here.
5: Hi, Charlie. Uh, I
3: just had a question for
6: Lance about the West Virginia promoters. What is the worst promoters that you work for in West Virginia?
0: Man, I'm not going to call no promoters out, bro. Uh, I'm not, I just won't do that. I mean, that's, you know, at the same time, I'm one of the boys – but I'm not going to turn and bite the hand that feeds me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've never really had any promoter be bad to me in West Virginia. They've all tried to pay me what they could and take care of me. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, bro, but I can't answer that question. I'm not going to go into that bullshit. And it's not right. nothing against you, I just, you know, uh, I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to downgrade guys that don't run. There's, there's a lot of people in a lot of states, not only West Virginia, that don't run top-quality shows, but they try. And they're doing what they can. They do bring good talent in, and they're trying to get better. But I'm not going to do that, man. I'm sorry. I am Sorry, I can't answer your question, but I'm not going to get into that.
3: Charlie, we certainly appreciate your phone call, and thank you for uh, thank you for tuning in tonight, Lance. I know that uh, we were talking a minute ago about Ricky Morton, and I watched several matches with you, uh, including uh, versus Ricky Morton for the NWA Mountain State Heavyweight Championship. There is currently a movement on the Internet that we were talking about just a few moments ago to have the Rock and Roll Express inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame this year. You know Ricky as well as anyone. Is this their year? I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Uh,
0: you know, those <laughs> those guys, I've learned so much from him. Uh, he's been like a dad to me. Always been great to me answering any questions I had took me on the road, uh, helped me get bookings in places that I wouldn't have got bookings when I was young. Uh, Ricky, I mean, I, 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 really, really hope with all my heart that Rick, you know, the rock and roll express get inducted in. Uh, he's just, like I said, he's been like a dad to me. He kind of done the same thing with Chase Owens. You know, I think he's mm-hmm. even more, he's a lot more close with Chase than what he was with me. Cause Chase lived there buying, but I mean, uh, Ricky Ricky definitely deserves it. I pray that that's one of the things that happened uh you know he he just really deserves. It.
3: If you decided after hanging up the phone with us tonight after everything you said and said man i'm just I'm just done. I'm just done. If you decided to retire from wrestling today, what is the greatest thing that you've accomplished what what's the greatest thing you've accomplished? And what has been your biggest regret? Being invited to Japan. Mm-hmm.
0: Having a chance to go to Japan and work for New Japan, that's my biggest accomplishment. You know, I'm the one that screwed up, like i said plenty of times on the show. I take responsibility for that. Uh, that's the biggest accomplishment that I've had, knowing that I was going to have a chance to go to Japan and compete there against two legends, because it looks like uh, Lance Poit and, and Smith, are going to basically take the match that me and DW would have been in, and that's against Tenzan and uh, and uh, and everything. So I mean, you know, that's <laughs> that that there that would be the biggest accomplishment. Um, my biggest my biggest regret in wrestling <laughs> is, uh, and I'm not bringing up bad memories, but in West Virginia when I was wrestling with Brian Logan in the cage and all that shit went down and he came come out of the cage and was doing what he thought to protect the business. And uh, he hit a woman, you know, and I hate mm-hmm. to even bring this up. My biggest regret is he ended up doing some prison time off that. Yeah. And I walked away because I was scared to get, I was young in the business. I had maybe five years at the time. And I was scared to death that I was going to get blackballed for being a part of that. And let me tell you something. Brian Logan was nothing but fucking good to me. I wouldn't be the worker that I am today, the wrestler that I am today, or anything if it wasn't for Brian Logan. And me walking away from him and not being there to support him during his time of need is my biggest regret in wrestling.
6: Okay.
3: I know that before we went on air that you had put a post up, out on Facebook, that you had an exciting announcement that you wanted to share with everybody. You've got the open microphone. I'm giving you the platform.
0: (laughs) Come October 11th for NWA Appalachia, I'll be wrestling Rob Conway in the main event there at May 1 High School for the NWA World Cup. Wow. So that 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 was confirmed today with the office there at NWA Appalachia. I don't even think the NWA office, the main office, knows about that one yet, my friend. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, October 11th, which is next Saturday. And, you know, what's crazy is is I didn't know about this, so I actually took a double shot. So, actually, early that day, I'm actually working right outside Charleston. I'm wrestling right outside Charleston, West Virginia.
6: Mm -hmm. And I'll be
0: wrestling Jason Kincaid in the main event there at 2 o'clock that day. Then I'll be driving three hours, about three hours, two and a half to three hours to make one West Virginia to wrestle Rob Conway that night for the NWA World Tire.
3: That's
0: and where is that dog. going to be
5: at?
3: Excuse me? Where is that going to be at?
0: That's, a, that's for NWA Appalachian. I want to take a few moments to talk about them. Okay. Uh, Andy Varney and Todd Tyson are the promoters down there with the NWA. I want to take the time and thank them for giving me the opportunity to be able, this is my first NWA world title shot, you know. Hell, for two years I was in the top five of the NWA rankings, for two years almost. Never got a world title shot, never got a promoter to give me a world title shot. Finally, you know, and the sad thing was I didn't even have the politics for it. That's that's what's so great about it. They feel that it's my time and that I've earned that shot at Rob Conway. So, you know, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, I've done a few battles with Rob and some tag titles things, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, That's right there for NWA Appalachia, uh, which is one of the new affiliates. They joined about, I don't know, six, eight months ago. I've worked a couple shows for them. They're based out of the Huntington, West Virginia, Ashland, Kentucky area. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited about it. You know, like I said, I don't even think Rob Conway knows this yet. So, <laughs> the y'all ask me, do you want to work Rob Conway for the NWA world title? What the hell do you think I'm going to say? Yeah. That's right. an opportunity. So, I have an opportunity to put myself right back up there. You know what I'm saying? To what I, right. I feel I deserve to be. So, Uh, I've worked my ass off in the gym. I've gotten in great shape. I continue to work out four to five times a week. Uh, I'm in the best shape I've been in any time in the wrestling business. Uh, I mean, I'm 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 really happy with the way I look. Uh, I feel good. Uh, So, I mean, all I can tell Rob is, "Lace some bitches up tight because I'm coming."
3: Now, I would be a complete moron and fool if I didn't ask this, I mean, this is a no brainer. What would it mean to you to walk out October the 11th, the NWA heavyweight champion? I mean, it's something
0: I've always dreamed of. Aside from all the bullshit, all the politics, all this and that, it's always something that I've dreamed about. Uh, I mean, to a lot of people, that title, you know, and I, I may catch some heat from the office for saying this, but a lot of people think that title still don't mean shit. To me, it does. You know what I mean? I think Rob's yep. done a hell of a job being the NWA World Champ. He he's went out and wrestled everybody, defended that against everybody, and done a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have nothing but respect for Rob Conway. Nothing but respect. Jack Dane, I feel the same way about him, you know. Those two guys put our name out to help us get booked to Japan when they was asked, you know, hey, do you think these guys should be here? They both said, hell, yeah. We wrestled them. We think they both should be here. And that was for New Japan. So I have nothing but respect for those guys. Uh, to be the NWA World Champion would be a dream come true. Uh, it's something that I've really worked hard for, something that I want. Um. <laughs> You know, I don't know how the office is going to feel about me having this title shot. You know? Uh,
3: Yeah.
0: Right now, I'm not in the top ten over a lot of different things, whether it be the Japan deal or all that, you know. But uh, I'm sure there's there's some wrestlers in the NWA that are pissed off at me because uh, we could have, you know, the NWA could have lost, from what I understand, could have lost the deal with with New Japan over that. But they didn't. I know Mm -hmm. I've done my research on it. They haven't. So but uh, thank God for that, but uh, to be the NWA world champ would be great. I mean, I, I there's no feeling. I've got two months now just thinking about it. I mean, it's something that I've dreamed about all my life. Uh, and anybody that says, I don't give a shit they can say they're, they're not, anybody that hasn't dreamed about being a legitimate world champ is full of shit. You wouldn't have got in this business and been a market one time, if you did you know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. Uh, I, I don't really know what else to say about that part of it besides, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see, right. you know, the office right. will know about it. I'm sure by now, I'm sure, that, I'm sure Bruce and Chris's phone is getting text and ringing off. <laughs> you
5: know, uh,
0: period point blank, uh, you know, there'll be some people that say, oh, he don't deserve that because of blah, blah, blah. So I'll work my ass off. I promoted this brand of the NWA as much as anybody else. I'm still a big promoter of the NWA, and I'll continue to be. I believe in the NWA. I believe in what Chris and Bruce are doing, you know, uh, to an extent. Do I agree with all the, <laughs> with all their decisions? Fuck no. No, right. I don't. And I've told, told Bruce that in private. He'll tell you that if you be honest about it. Me and him have had arguments about shit, but that's just the way it is. You're not going to agree with everybody all the time. That's just life. So, that's true. Uh, but I, I, I will give Bruce Stark the credit that he was one of the biggest backers for me and Damian Wayne as the Lords of Chaos. Chris, I, I really can... don't know. Uh, Chris has never been nothing but nice to me when I've been around him, but I don't know. He's never really talked to me like Bruce has. Mm-hmm.
5: So...
0: Uh, you know, Bruce was one of the biggest supporters of of, of us. So, uh, you know, like I said, uh, to be the NWA World Champion would be a dream come true. Uh, you know, we'll see. Come October 11th, West Virginia is my home state. It's my little state. I grew up there most of my life. Anyway, I'm just an old country boy. Tried that Canadian gimmick for a long time, and it got over. But <laughs> so everybody knows I'm. I, I come from nothing. I'm an old country boy. You know what right. I'm saying? I was a cold miner for five years while I was wrestling, you know, uh, period, point blank. I, I I don't have shit. That's why I work every day to do what I can. But uh, I'm just an old country boy at heart, being honest with you. And uh, right. I have nothing but respect for Rob Conway. Because October 11th, he's in for the fight of his life. I'll guarantee you, you know, he's worked, He's wrestled me in tag matches but never singles matches.
1: Mm-hmm. So he
0: doesn't have to worry about me tagging out. I'm going to be in his face from the time the bell rings till one of us gets our hands raised or something happens. So, And I look forward, and I have no doubt in my heart that I'll be the one that walks out with the NWA world title. That's what I'm going to make one West Virginia for. So my opportunities come. There's nothing they can do about it now. It's signed, sealed, delivered. I'll see Rob Conway and make one West Virginia on the 11th.
3: Well, we can. I can certainly hear the the inflection of, of of emotion and passion in your voice and talking about that title. And we here certainly wish you all the best on October the 11th when Man, you I face Rob Conway.
5: My, my girlfriend
0: gets tired of hearing me bitch about this sentence. You know what I'm saying? I'm,
6: <laughs> I hear
0: you. I love this business. You know, everybody feels you. all down, all down for Damian Wayne not going to Japan. Well, guess what? Fucking neither did I. You know what I'm saying? It is right.
1: not.
0: I worked as hard as Damian Wayne. And what people don't realize is, is me and that son of a bitch had a feud for a year and a half where we beat the shit out of each other up and down the East Coast for NWA affiliates, for people that weren't NWA affiliates. It didn't matter. If you book us together, we climb in the ring, we beat the shit out of each other. You know, maybe that's what we need. Maybe that's what needs to happen now. I'm game for it. I don't know if he's got the balls for it, but I'm game for it.
3: You know what I'm saying? Nothing better, nothing better than right an there? open challenge.
0: The NWA has been has been hollering about they need a rivalry. They need a feud. There's your fucking feud. Put me and Damian Wayne in a cage. Put us in anything you want. I don't give a fuck. doesn't matter to me. I'll climb in the ring with Damian Wayne any day of the week. Let me tell you, if you want to see something, you want to watch a match, then call in with us because I'm not taking anything from his ass. He can go. But guess what? So can I. He knows that as well as anybody else in the business. I can go toe-to-toe, hold for hold, and when it comes to holds, he probably can't. I know he can't match me in holes. So, period, point blank, you know what I mean? Let's do right. this. Let's 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 end okay. all the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? But right. you got like him talking about, oh, I just want to have fun. I want to go back to the business to so having fun. Then get the fuck out of my business. I didn't get in this business to have fun. I got in this business to win titles and draw money. And by God, he used to say that, but he don't say that shit now. He wants to go back to having fun. Then fucking be a weekend warrior, work your nine to five job, and then fucking be a weekend warrior, because that's all you're ever gonna be. Then you wonder why you're not gonna you can't get the fucking NWA world title. There's your answer.
3: Other than the October eleventh date versus Rob Conway, do you have any other upcoming dates if people want to come out and see Lance Erickson kick ass? Where can they do that at?
0: Well, I'll be a worldwide wrestling on on November twenty second. They've got a, you know, uh, Jeff's got a big date coming up down there. I don't know where it's going to be at yet. Uh, He's got a great thing going on. He called me today and talked to me a little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. He wants to do a thing where he wants to feed 100 families for Thanksgiving. I think that's great. You know, he wants to do that. He's going to put on a great wrestling uh, wrestling card. Uh, He threw around a few names that I'm very, very, (laughs) very, very excited to wrestle. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know who it's going to be, but he's been in contact with Shane Douglas. He's been in contact with Rhino. He's been in contact with Chase Stevens. So, uh, you know, and that'll be for the, for the Eastern States title. It's not the NWA Eastern States anymore, since they're not apart, but it's still the Eastern States title, and I'll probably be that champ. Uh, that's one of the places that I'm looking forward to. Uh this this weekend I'll be in Lorimburg, North Carolina, working for a new company that I'm not been with. I look forward okay. to working for them. Uh that's that's a big show. Uh five o'clock bell time there. You can check my web page, which is Lance Erickson on Facebook. Uh you can hit me up on Twitter, which is Lance Erickson also, I'm gonna hit it up on there. Okay. Uh, let's see what else do I got coming up? You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say this this too. I was doing a lot of work for NWA Smoky Mountain, but I kind of pissed them off a little bit because (laughs) uh, I missed the town with them. I haven't missed the town in years, and Brian Logan was still wrestling actively, and me and him was into some stuff. But I haven't missed the town in probably 12 years, and I missed Mm -hmm. the town with them. That ended up drawing 22 people, and I kind of lost some bookings with them. I want to take this time to apologize to Tony Gibbons to that organization there, the office there. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to miss the town. My fault. take responsibility for that too. And I'm hoping I'll hear from them to get some more bookings back with them because I, I love working for Tony Gibbons there at Smokey. Uh, they run a class act show. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So
3: I, yeah. I really want
0: to get back to Smokey. I love NWA Saw down there, Tim Thomason and those guys. I love working for them. I want to get back down there some. Uh, I'm working some deals right now with NWA Rage to come in and wrestle for them. Uh, I want a shot at that NWA Continental title, which is Will Huckabee holds right now.
1: Um,
0: that's some of the bigger ones that I've got coming up. And then they're Southeastern. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to go without saying that Southeastern, which is there in Knoxville, they're running there at the Cynic uh, Auditorium Ballroom. Uh, we're having... Great, great wrestling cards there. Uh, You know, I really love working for them. Like I said, I get to step in the ring with Chase Stevens all the time. That's a uh, learning experience for myself. There's not a lot of guys that I step in the ring with anymore that I can say that I actually learn from. But if I make a mistake with Chase Stevens, I pay for it. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) you learn not to make those mistakes.
3: Love the natural Chase Stevens.
0: Mentoring me and, and... kept my head up with a lot of things. And, and even though we hate each other inside the ring, we damn sure like to drink together sometimes. But, you know, uh, you. That's, that's that's just the boys being the boys, you know what I mean? But uh, we we can put our differences aside sometimes to share some margaritas or some SoCo or something. You
1: know? but, uh, I you hear know, you. That's
0: some of the stuff coming up here lately. Uh, Chase has actually been helping me try to get booked in Puerto Rico to do some stuff with him there. I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to that also. Uh, like I said, man, I love this business. I eat, sleep, and drink it. And, uh, you know, like I said, I've, I've made my apologies. I hope the NWA office forgives me. If not, I understand. That's fine. Uh, I'm putting some calls into all three of the guys that are the office there in Raquillo, Park and James Beard. I hope to hear back from him soon, which I'm probably sure I will since I have an NWA World title shot with Rob Conway. So. Uh, uh-huh. You know what I mean. So, but uh, I understand. I really appreciate you guys having me on tonight,
3: man. Really, thank you, Lance. That's why I was getting ready to say we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us tonight. <laughs> and uh, something that we ask all of our guests to do, if you wouldn't, uh, if you'd mind recording a little bump for us, if you would simply say, "This is Lance Erickson. You're listening to Live from the Armory Wrestling Show." I greatly appreciate it, and you can go whenever you're ready.
0: No problem. You let me know when you're ready.
3: You can go now, sir.
0: This is Lance, Bam Bam Erickson. You're listening to Live at the Armory on Blog Talk Radio.
3: Lance, thank you very much for being with us tonight. I had an absolute blast talking to you.
0: No problem, man. No problem. Anytime you guys want me back, let me know, man. I'll be glad to come back on.
3: Will do, sir. We appreciate you.
0: Maybe 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 a couple of weeks after I win the NWA World Title on the 11th, y'all can have me back on. I'm sure that'll That's cause a, a lot of stir.
3: We uh, can do that. We can do that. I'll keep in touch with you. That a
5: lot of stirs.
3: <laughs> All right. Thank you, Lance.
5: Later, man. Thanks, Lance. All right.
3: And there goes Lance. How cool was that?
6: Oh man, what a. You know, it's it's refreshing in this day and age to hear someone. Talk without any kind of filter at all, and lay it mm-hmm. on the table as the way he sees it.
3: Uh mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just simply tell, just t- simply tell everybody, you know, this is what it is. This is what happened. This was my part in it. And now we're going to move forward. You know, that's and, the cool thing.
6: And the be- the best part is, a lot of people say they want to shoot, and they shoot about everybody else's issues. Lance was a man, and he he manned up, and he said where he was wrong and what he did wrong.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. And really I,
6: appreciate, I could respect,
3: really appreciate I could him, respect, him being that
6: honest. You know, I can respect any anybody that makes a mistake and admits they made a mistake. I can respect that.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I agree with you 100%, George. I'm just sitting here, and I'm, and to be honest with you, I'm just – I'm overjoyed that that we were able to get Lance on the show. I've been dying to talk to somebody uh, in the in the midst of, of of just the NWA and getting and getting the response out of him that I knew that we were going to get about what it meant to be underneath that NWA logo at, logo and carrying that NWA uh, championship. I just you could hear it in his voice. Still holds true, you know, for some folks. You know, it still holds that, still holds that regard. So, I well, want to really it's think... Still the, it's
6: still no, the belt ahead, that Lou has held up over his head, so... Yeah,
3: you yeah, can't sure, ever...
6: can't never knock that And Terry and Dory Funk held that belt. I mean, if you think about the history of wrestling and not just the McCann history of wrestling, some of the greatest wrestlers of all time have had their hands on that belt.
3: Absolutely. How can you deny it? I mean... Has it had its, you know, dark days or, or, you know, days underneath the cloud? Sure it has. But you have to look at it in, in a whole perspective. And I'm I'm glad that we had Lance on the show to, uh, to help share some of that perspective. We'll apologize to anybody that called that I didn't get to your call. Uh, we had several people calling in tonight, and we certainly appreciate all of your support. Uh, I want to thank both Adrian Armour and Lance Erickson for being on the show with us tonight. Wanted to let folks know Next week, our guest for next week And I think you're going to enjoy this, George Guest for next week We've already had one half Of the worst case scenario On this show Now we get the other half Elijah Evans will be with us Next week And speaking of NWA And I kind of alluded to this Out on social media Throughout the week We have another NWA wrestler And this is somebody that I've been wanting to talk to For over a year And we were finally able to get him on the show Jason Kincaid Will be on the show with us next week And I'm very very excited To talk to Jason Kincaid I've been a huge fan of his And anybody that's been watching Any WWE pay-per-views Or Raw's or Smackdown's as of late May have noticed some signs That say Sign Jason the Gift Kincaid Floating around out in the audience we're going to talk to Jason about that. We certainly want to thank our partners in this venture. We'd like to thank FNXnetwork.com for being, uh, being supportive of us. Our stream can be heard overseas for all of our overseas fans, and we have quite a few. We'd also like to thank Strong Style Life Clothing for standing beside of us on this venture. I want to thank George for being on the show tonight. George, I know that you have a program that's very entertaining and very informative. Do you want to tell our listeners about Heel Heat? Definitely. It's
6: YouTube.com backslash Heel Heat show. And it's basically I review everything I watch. I review TNA, WWE, Ring of Honor. If you send me a DVD of your your promotion, I'll review that too, and I'll put it up on my show. And, and, every, you know, now, to- and every
3: now and then you do cooking reviews too, don't you? <laughs> no, that's another show. That's another channel. on this kid. kidding.
6: I, you know, if if the if somebody wanted to see it, uh, I've had weird requests. I had one person ask me to do do a video about all my tattoos, which I'm actually working on, but I don't know how to work it into what I do exactly because I kind of do everything I do is at a at a hard camera. I don't have a cameraman, so <laughs> right. it's kind of so, hard for me to. Shoot some of the tattoos I have. That's true. That's but, true. So you know, it's it's in the works, and I don't shoot. I I don't try to shoot down any suggestions because hey, if somebody wants to hear my opinion on something, I'll give it to them. <laughs>
3: I know you will, George. I want to thank you very much for uh, for stepping up and filling in for us, folks. Remember, tune in uh, to YouTube, search "Heel Heat." You can find George's show. It's a very very good show. Folks, we'd like to thank you for tuning in tonight and listening wherever you may be at. Uh, We're on Blog Talk Radio every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. We're heard on iTunes, and as before I'd said, we can be heard on www.fnxnetwork.com. Next week's guests, Elijah Evans and Jason Kincaid, right here on Live from the Armory Wrestling Radio Show. Hashtag, do you listen. Remember, folks, there's never a bad seat here at the Armory, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Good night.
2: Listening to Live from the Armory Wrestling Radio Show. Listen to us on blogtalkradio.com every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at From the Armory. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash live.armory.9. If you like what you hear, Please take a few moments to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for listening. See you next week.